Caution. Learning in progress. Welcome in, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to Smarter Every Season. This is the podcast brought to you by the product support team at Precision Planting. My name is Tyler Hubert, and uh, hopefully at this point, for most of you, I'm kind of a familiar voice. Uh, today, what we're going to dive into is inventory management. So let me give you a little background here. Uh, a couple months ago, I think this was in the January time frame, we pulled in some dealers who were here for training and had a conversation with them a little bit on how they handle service. Do you do service agreements? Why or why not? Things of that nature. Not necessarily trying to advocate one way or the other, just kind of having the conversation. Um, we kind of got into that interview a little bit, and inventory came up, and soon we realized, you know, this is probably something that needs to be handled on a different podcast. When we can give this topic the proper time. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Um, this time of year, you know, the July, August kind of time frame, um, the support team kind of gets a little thin. There's vacations, uh, time away, different projects that pull us away. And so um, you're going to realize that some of the familiar voices or the common hosts are not here. But the cool thing with that is I get to pull in some different coworkers to help me out and come in and co-host. So Brian Jackson is here with me. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks Good. for having me. You bet. You bet. Uh, some of you might recognize Brian's voice. You you did an episode a couple of weeks ago where we talked about kind of cleaning up the planner yep. postseason. Yeah, postseason postseason wrap up, kind of what you do to your planner. Yep. Yep. Have come on talk about meters before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what Brian and I did was we had three separate conversations. Uh, and Brian, why don't you go ahead and take everybody through kind of who we talked to? Yeah. So we talked to three different dealers. Uh, one was Hans, Hans Jensen from Texas, um, kind of talked through him about what he uses for his, uh, inventory management. Then we talked to Rich Schliff and then we talked to Aaron Enley was the last one we talked to. Yeah. So what we're going to kind of do is in the conversation with Hans, uh, he went a little longer than the other two with Rich and Aaron did, and that's okay. But the way we're going to treat this is episode one of how do you manage inventory is going to feature just the conversation previously recorded with Hans Jensen. Uh, so we'll play that, and then Brian and I will come back, and we'll kind of give some of our closing thoughts. In a couple weeks, part two will come out. Again, Brian and I will kind of give our opening thoughts, and then we'll hear from Rich and Aaron on what they are using for inventory management. Um, so that's kind of the way we're going to work through this. So it's going to be a two-part series. And a couple of things that I want to hit on, Brian, before we listen to Hans's interview is, much like when we were talking about service, we're not necessarily trying to advocate for a certain program here. Correct. Just get some folks with experience to talk with us a little bit about what was your thoughts, what, were, what was your theory how did you approach trying to find a certain inventory management system? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people in the same boat, a lot of different options out there for inventory management. And so as they, um, as all these individuals are starting to look for potential inventory management systems to use, uh, hopefully we can give some information, some background, uh, some use cases for each one of these systems we're going to talk about here. Exactly, from guys with experience yeah. that have done this recently. And I think it's also healthy that 
a business step back and reevaluate what they're doing for inventory every so often. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so even if it's not, I'm looking at an inventory management system for the first time, it could be I'm reevaluating that now after a year or two of doing X. Um, I will also say this, what, what I think you and I kind of observe through listening to these interviews is there's kind of two elements of it. There's what do I do or how do I manage the space? I need to think through the space with which my inventory is going to be how it's going to be organized, the physical location and space. And then the other part of it is what I use to manage it. If it's an app, if it's an online tool, if it's a whatever it is, um, but it's more the management side of of that physical space. Uh, so we're going to get more into the management tools, and that is going to look like with Hans a program called Odoo, which he'll go through here in a little bit. But I just wanted to call that out. We're going to focus more on the, the management tools kind of software side of things here. So with that, Brian, I think um, we'll go ahead and dive into Hans Jensen's interview. And then afterward, you and I will come back on and we'll kind of give our closing thoughts. Sounds good. Let's hear it. All right. Joined now by Hans Jensen. Uh, Hans, let's start out like this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your business? Introduce uh, the name, how long you've been a precision dealer, uh, any other key points that uh, you want to hit on for your business? Certainly. So, yeah, working with Planerology here in Delhart, Texas, and my wife and I started that the summer of 2017, um, but have been in the Precision family with a couple of their dealers since starting back in 11 and such. So got to kind of be with things starting back before SRM Architecture came out and been able to kind of learn along as we go. And um, certainly starting in Idaho and then ending up down here in Delhart, there's a lot of agronomic principles that are the same, but a lot of stuff that's different. And it's been been quite the education over the last 11, 12 years. Very good. So the goal of this conversation, as you and I had kind of talked about previously, is digging into what you use for an inventory management system. What I liked about our conversation uh, previous to this recording was you started to get into the impact that the program you're using has not only on inventory management, but really on more aspects of your business. So the name of the program you use, and I'm, I might butcher this, is Odoo. That is correct. Okay. Tell me about Odoo. How are you currently using it? And to answer that, I'll probably back up um, more on the, we'll say the customer experience side of um developing a a dealership and a lot of that i'm going to actually come back to um a book entitled e-myth that was probably one of the most painful books i've read within the (laughs) business development space and very much challenged a lot of the we'll call it the technician assumptions that i had brought to the table in regards to how an entity should be ran very much had ideas around the customer experience side of things and and what I wanted that to look like but the rest of it was um, a, a steep learning curve but working through that book working through their coaching program and the two great coaches that we've had they're very much morphed and shaped my approach to what does a complete customer experience look like 
end to end and in designing that so it's repeatable and not just me delivering it. And so that was the kind of the starting point is looking for, okay, what tools will allow us to, or will aid in the delivering of that consistent outcome. And so we'd been spending quite a bit of time looking at different vendors in the midst of all of this. Our initial software pain point, actually, even before we got into the the e-myth side of things was coming down to inventory management. At the time we was using Zero, and it had, it was a lot easier to use than QuickBooks, um, had a simple inventory management system, really see how much we're supposed to have on hand of anything, but no location-based stuff. And as we were growing and trying to work through that, that scaling side, needing to handle, handle multiple warehouses was a challenge at any software we looked at. It got very expensive as soon as you wanted more than one warehouse. And when we're running multiple pickups, uh, different warehouses, and the test and trailer, um, losing parts across those locations is very risky unless we're keeping stuff in order and have a good good system to track that. So, so this is, sorry, this is important to call out too, that you mentioned having multiple locations you have multiple different spots where inventory is stored. You have multiple warehouses. I, I don't remember if they're all across Texas or where all they're at, but that's why multi-location multi inventory management was important to you. Yes, and, and, and even back then when we was only in Delhart and hadn't gone south of the interstate towards Lubbock, the just the pickups versus the warehouse versus the test and trailer. I was just looking at that mix, trying to keep that in order. And, and we played around with spreadsheets. We, we played around with all kinds of stuff and just, it was, it was a pain point. And so that's kind of then how we ended up starting the software search was just inventory management. We thought, well, let's find something that'll just integrate in with zero and roll from there. And that got Harry in a heartbeat, and one of my guys ended up running across Odoo the spring of 19, and he played around with it and got to chat with them for a little bit and was liking what we were seeing there. We got our CPA involved and kind of set him to evaluate the financial side of their offerings and then um, continued to evaluate that to the point, I think it was October of 19, um, we finally signed up and began that software development um, or software implementation process, but very much guided by all of these other factors around things. So it's not just inventory management from a sales purchased inventory logistics, invoicing and the accounting side, looking at that broader spectrum of kind of the, the software suite we're currently running is your CRM feeds into your sales and your sales feeds into or will trigger your purchasing. It'll trigger your inventory outs or your drop ships. That will then end up triggering your invoicing. That'll feed into your accounting and handle kind of those core ERP functions. But then from the experience side, having an integrated help desk into that. And one of the really th neat things on this is we took some extra time to develop kind of an overarching equipment profile. And so every CRM deal, every sales order, and each help desk ticket and each um, service project task 
all feeds back to which piece of equipment's that on. And so then when a customer sells sells their planner and it happens to go to another customer, I just change whose name's on it. And all that history comes with it of everything we've done on that machine for the last few years since we've been in the system. And being able to ultimately the goal around software was that it is the our organizational memory and that ideally within five minutes any team member can pull up any open activity and they will know all the things they need to know to pick that task up and keep it going no matter where it's at within the journey and truly try to get something designed into the point of being truly system dependent and not people dependent um, we're not there yet we've been at this for three years but we're a whole lot closer than what we were and, and we still got some work to go on it so this is really something that it affected or or positively impacted many different areas of your business it wasn't just a decision of how do we pick this up for an ims and uh, you know an inventory management system it was this can touch so many different spots in our business and do a ton of good for us yes and, and allow allow us to progress towards things that we had aspired towards that we didn't know how to bring to fruition it gave us the tool set to aid in bringing that vision to life okay and, and you said so you have different locations across texas so does this system keep track of where each part is and tell you like which yes. warehouse that it's in yes as well as what bin location is within that warehouse okay Okay, and then you touched on you touched on the finances too, so it generates an invoice. Um, do you also use that for? Is it like a payroll system, or is it just? So it it handles all of our accounting as far as IRS obligations, as well as a lot of analytics that we're running internally on different things. Um, Odoo is a Belgian-based company, so they don't have some of like the native payroll integrations that. Um, QuickBooks would have. Back when we was with Zero, they offered an integration with Gusto. And so we had been on that since our first uh, W2 team member was brought on a few years back. And so we've stayed with Gusto. Um, on an average payroll, I would say it would take Courtney probably less than five minutes to run payroll and then take Kylie maybe another five minutes to enter in all the journal entries on the accounting side. So um, yes, there is a little bit of manual entry there, but for the most part, we got a pretty efficient system for what we're spending on either system. So Gusto is what you're using today for payroll, is that? Yes, and I think with running, we're less than $100 a month for five or six uh, W-2s running through that. So let's dive into Odoo, which I believe you spell O-D-O-O. Is that correct? That is correct. So tell me what, in terms of inventory management, you like about it. What keeps you using it? Is it is it really that we needed something for multi-site location? Uh, or is there, there more kind of that you like about it or, or more reasons you would recommend it, I guess? So even within just the single site, just having been locations and there's no limitation on how you configure, which is a double-edged sword, um, but working with their um, business analysis and kind of helping us through some best practices of, of setting that up during our initial implementation, we 
ended up setting up something that we really haven't touched. We've added locations to it as we went, and we got a pretty decent methodology for kind of your, your aisles, your shelf, your level on the shelf, and then your uh, horizontal bin location on the shelf. And if it's a drawer with dividers within that, there'll be an additional level of division back in that way. Um, and so to organize stuff, we took all of the kind of the product prefix keys. So that first three digit of the six digit part number and for the most part have organized those numerically. Uh, so we'll start with the, the Keatons and kind of work our way around and up until we get into the, the V set with the 768 prefix and try to keep things as logical as we can so that we don't have to be computer dependent, but that you can access stuff either direction and it be logical and try to put the items that we're gonna grab the most of are gonna be kind of in those center shelves and the stuff that is less frequently is gonna either go top shelf or bottom shelf um, from kind of an ABC perspective. And every year that keeps changing in regards to what goes where and we're gonna overhaul things again very drastically going into the next season um, based on what we learned this season. So every year stuff kind of continues to adapt as we learn and, and come up with something better. So tell me a little bit about that. What did you learn this season that makes you want to kind of reorganize some of your your, your bin sites? So a, a lot of it's kind of more on the macro side of we've ran stuff very lean. We don't have a storefront. We do everything in the field. So on the back end, we've ran out of storage units for a number of years and just would go to a larger one as we needed it and then end up moving into a garage of less than 20 by 20 and that worked well until last year hit and um, going into the end of end of last season we got our hands on uh, a larger warehouse and went ahead and got some pallet racks and kind of moved stuff in there and took what we had learned from kind of maintaining a parts only inventory to actually, well, we have to stock systems now or else we don't have it type thing um, for what short duration of, and for the most part, none of that ever really sat on the shelf because yeah, stuff would get sold as fast as it would come in or before it got in type thing. And kind of expanding into that space, but then also just looking at the sheer volume of say just the amount of, ESET corn discs and and clean sweep cylinders that you could end up having on hand. And we kind of went from more of trying to keep everything in one location to we have a small inventory on the smaller shelves and then the overflow on the pallet racks and kind of moving more towards beans. We have a lot more shelving at our disposal and working with that system for a year of basically anything that isn't a half a pallet or larger type volume would end up staying dedicated on a shelf and maybe there'd be only one item on a shelf and um, going more of that direction versus multiple locations for a part because that ended up causing problems um, from a serial number tracking standpoint 
as we're trying to keep track of those to make um, warranty as well as future service um, issue resolution faster by, by knowing where that stuff's at. So not having to move a serial number is a huge savings of time from a um, tracking standpoint, because with serial numbers, you get to record each individual one and what location it's at. So um, keeping everything in one spot is, is probably the biggest thing. And giving ourselves a little bit of room and maybe not quite sardining stuff in as tight as what we have in the past. So on that note, what was the learning curve? You said if you know what you're doing, how long do you feel like it took? <laughs> I'm, I'm picking up on that sigh a little bit. How, how long do you feel like it took you to kind of get comfortable and get into a groove? What's the learning curve? It's, it wasn't bad. The, the sigh on it was more of we learned it, but then we didn't write it down. And so you get to relearn it when you go back, which, um, yeah, my coaches would be cringing if they heard me say that right now because, yeah, so much of it, what we've done is get things written down of here's how we do it. Um, and it's it takes time. So being patient, writing stuff down as you learn it is is going to make everything go a lot smoother. And as we've rotated different warehouse managers, we've gotten an overall handbook written fairly well for that operation manual for that position so that like when we brought Kyle in back into the year, it was a pretty, pretty smooth process with a matter of say less than an hour, we had him on his own putting product away and getting ready to start auditing stuff and, and do that year end audit and and work things through and all so it's not it's not bad it's just it's remembering okay what's the pathway to go into this and such because it's it's a double-edged sword of yes it's very simple but there's a lot of configurations that you can go adjust based upon whatever your entity's needs are what else do you like about it is that kind of hit on all the high points I would say overall, just the, both from a simplicity standpoint, but as well as from a documentation standpoint of when stuff's checked in, when, when we get a box in from, from Morton, we go in, we pull up that purchase order, we enter in what's on there, it keeps track of whatever's on back order, which with as fragmented stuff has been, has been very helpful. And there's no, no frustration there. Put it away, it records where it got put away to, who put it away. And after an incident a year or two ago, we uh, save a copy of the paper um, packing slip with all the tick marks and who signed it in, just for traceability if something goes wrong, we know who needs to be thinking back and, and reviewing, okay, what was the process that we were doing? Was that process complete enough in order to, as much as reasonable, eliminate the risk of errors? Hans, what frustrates you about the Odoo system, if anything? Most of it's probably my own doings of being our parts do comprise our systems. From the beginning of this software implementation, I had the requirement of I want to track what is 
a what is going out as a system, what is going out as talking parts versus what is going out as parts. And I'm very glad we put the extra effort into that because as soon as last summer hit, we could go through and quarry several years worth of data and know exactly what do we need for stocking parts of any component that's at risk of being pulled and be able to go through and get our service parts ordered early so that we weren't at risk of carrying too much inventory nor running out of something um, that we have no business running out of. What, what were so, those three buckets again? Stock versus planner? So versus... systems. So anything that goes out new. Uh, and when I say new as regards to is not already on that planter. So when a guy buys a set of Keatons, that Keaton, the 16 row, those first 16 get tagged as a system. His spares get tagged as a stocking part. And then when he backs up middle of the first season, which he inevitably does, all the Keatons that go out then get tagged parts and such. So we're, we're able to then query out all um, the 800 or so parts that we generally touch. We can query those through and sort out, okay, what volume are we moving based on each of these three buckets? Um, we've since added, if it's a warranty item, to go ahead and have a paper trail on that. We'll tag with that, set it a 100% discount and kind of mirror what, um, what the SSAs uh, do for us when we submit an RMA and keeps keeps that better track so we're not losing things as well as so we have a record for the customer um, as to what happened there as far as if it's serial number tracking and ideally long-term will make it easier for us to identify what PO did that originate from and and try to make that better so that anyone can enter in RMAs versus somebody that has a full perspective on stuff, which is very limiting. Um, so some of some of that uh, data entry um, would be a a pain point, but the, the value that it drives, um, I'm very glad we've done it. But that's probably about the closest thing to something that's frustrating. Uh, one of the other near ones would be the ability to deliver from multiple warehouses on a single sales order. It would cost us at least $300 a month in maintenance cost after the integration was developed or that code was developed, which would probably cost probably another five or 10,000. It's like, um, we'll just create a new sales order if, or, or do an internal transfer to the other warehouse and, and do something that way. Um, so those, those sorts of things are a slight pain point, but the, we don't do enough volume to warrant the cost associated with, with solving that. Would you recommend Odoo to a friend or if you had the opportunity, would you, would you repurchase it again? For us, I would absolutely repurchase it again. As far as from a recommendation standpoint, yes, but I would encourage, encourage guys to look through something along that e-myth lines and make sure you actually understand where you're at and where you're going and what what's the actual outcome you want to deliver for your customers and then once a lot of that work is done then it's going to make it a lot easier to make sure that you approach the software in a way that's actually going to serve that ends and not just get caught up of oh it can do these things but not understanding fully as to why um, but from a 
simplistic standpoint, yes, certainly anyone should be able to just grab it, grab what apps you need and and get those deployed within a matter of a month or two, depending upon the, the application and get up and running and meet at least just basic functions. So so is this all done on a computer or does it have a, an app that you can use or how does that like the, the data entry that you have to do or, or the inventory tracking when somebody pulls apart, like how, how is that all done or can you view it uh, on an app? Mm-hmm. So it is a software as a service or a SaaS platform that's web-based. And so you're just logging in from, we use Chrome across all devices and they have apps for iOS and and uh, Android. Basically, all that app is is a Chrome browser without a header. Um, so there is no offline functionality. Um, you can add that. It is going to add a reasonable expense. And because we have decent cell phone reception, it's not an issue for us. Um, yeah, there has been a day or two. Maybe the internet went down for a few minutes. They scratched stuff down on a pen paid, and then uh, enter it in when the internet comes back up. But um, being spread out a little bit and ideally not having our client success advisors sitting behind a desk to have that all that data accessible anywhere um, as they're out in the pickups is is very helpful to try to to work closer to trying to keep all data in real time and not let stuff backlog. So Hans, not to sound dense, but you've mentioned, is it Enith, E-N-I-T-H, or what? E-M, yeah, E-M-Y-T-H. Okay, okay. Not to sound dense, but what exactly is that? So E-Myth is the entrepreneurial myth in regards to technicians going into business because they know the technical work but they have no okay. clue how to actually run a business. And so going through um, effectively what it is, is you call it a, a franchise model. Um, and there's certainly no requirement of franchising in order to benefit from it, but it's just that thought process of getting everything written down and everything documented and everything thought through so that the entity can run without you. But it sounds like that. So that was a that was a book. You read the book, and then also had kind of a coach that took you through it. Yeah. So they have their their coaching program, and we've been in that for about three years now, just working through the seven principles of business design. You mentioned a program called Zero. Did you guys? What were you using that for? Did you outgrow Zero, and what what made you outgrow it? So. I had used different versions of QuickBooks in years past, whether it be the online version or the desktop version. And the, from a purely financial standpoint, QuickBooks served a purpose. It was not necessarily the nicest as far as a UI. I think they've gotten a lot better over the years, but just not being satisfied with that caused us to kind of start the search for other financial software vendors. And we ended up on zero, which is basically just, it's somebody else's take on that financial space. 
of that documentation and tracking of, of financial data. Um, it was about half the price of QuickBooks back then and was cloud-based. And um, I don't think there was an app, but I could be able to work stuff on my iPad. I could work it from the computer and, and it served, served our financial needs early on of just basic invoicing, recording that it was paid, general ledgers for your um, meeting your IRS uh, data requirements and basic inventory. And then as we, inventory was the, the primary driver that caused us to start looking elsewhere. Um, but then kind of the rest is history to where we're at today. Jumping back to Odoo, if you would share, what does that cost? If Can you take us through, it, was there a kind of a platform breakdown or just anything you kind of know or are willing to comment about the finances of what it costs to invest in that program? So, do. so it's a subscription-based SAST, and it uh, kind of works along the freemium uh, model of you can pick any of the applications that they have, and if you only need one application, you can use that for as long as you wish and as many users as you want at no cost. It's when you start integrating in with the other applications to create more of that complete ERP or digital operating platform is when they start charging. So for the a basic setup where you have your, your, your CRM flows into your sales, flows into your purchasing, your inventory, your invoicing and your accounting, kind of those basic things that we've been talking about at Insider for years to kind of, here's kind of the basic things you need around an entity in order to not let things fall through the cracks. Um, you're gonna probably, if I think if I was figuring for like five users, uh, an entity would probably be somewhere around that $3,000 a year for all of that functionality and such. With the additional stuff that we're running of, we also have projects, timesheets, help desk, and then their studio so that we can go in and make changes. We can make that custom um, equipment profile application that kind of links all this data together. With what we're running right now for six users, we're just under 5,000 a year. Um, Long-term, we'll bring our website into here. They have some uh, marketing automation that we're going to repurpose for um, kind of proactively pushing support content out to guys uh, a few days before they need it and and keep adding tools to it as we have time. And that's kind of the next need of friction reduction um, as we're trying to take care of the growers that that we get to care for. And I think one other thing that I wanted to bring up in the in that answer, I'm not sure what you had said that made me think of this too, but um, this is something that you can also, as, as kind of the, the principle of the business, you can manage who accesses different parts of Odoo and um, to what degree, right? Certainly. Yeah, so I can go in and, and say our, our client success advisors were there in the field. They don't need to be manipulating back end on 
which vendor we get a product from, what the cost of that product is. And so we can set it so as far as inventory, they can see how much we have, where it's at, what it's what it sells for and and such there. And then the the warehouse manager, they can manipulate all of that data. Um, but then the client success advisors, they can see that the invoices have been sent. So they can see that level of accounting. They can kind of see here's what's open in AR, but they can't see the rest of the, the business financial data. So then um, on that side, then do, does your, you talked about IRS obligations. Um, does your accountants have access to this or does it just, you just print off a year end and then submit that? So within the, the permissions deal is I basically create a, a user account for my CPA and set it as, a, uh, I think, accountant advisors, the, the term there and such. So he can see everything. He can post year-end journal stuff, but he can't really touch anything else Okay. and, and such throughout all of that. So it makes it really easy. Um, and such, yes, it does cost me for another uh, user to be in there. Um, but as soon as he's done, I can archive that user and then go assign that that account to the next team member we bring on type thing and not have to spend $300 for the entire year for my CPA to have access to things. Well, very good, sir. I thank you very much for your time. Uh, I think this has been uh, very enlightening just to kind of jump in and, and see your mental process on how you work through the value of Odoo and how you want to use it and passing that on to, uh, to other dealers. So I very much appreciate your time today, Hans. Certainly. And thank you guys for what you do with this podcast and, and being able to communicate information out so that we can learn and, and all get, get smarter every season. Thank you. You nailed it. There's the tagline. Thanks Hans. <laughs> yep. Thank you guys. All right. So again, that was Hans Jensen of Planerology and couple things that he called out that I, I found interesting. I thought his whole conversation was, was good. The yeah, thought he put into um, what he wanted to do from an inventory management side. And I thought it was interesting that he took it more from a standpoint of like, I want to step back. He mentioned E-Myth, which from what I can see from talking to him and playing around a little bit online is kind of a, uh, a coaching group around kind of teaching someone with a, a good technical background. And Hans alludes to this. Uh, kind of how to run the business or consider the business from all angles. And so he gave some sound advice in there that I think was, and I'm going to paraphrase him, but step back and think about where you want to get to, what you're trying to achieve in your business, and let that kind of shape what you choose for really any system, but in this case, an inventory management system. Because he could have looked at it just from an inventory management standpoint, uh, which if it fits his business, mm -hmm. great. Um, but he also integrated customer configurations so that he had a place that he could easily jump in and see what all is on somebody's planner to jog his memory. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think that's awesome how the way he said he can track all of the inventory that he has in his multiple warehouses, but then also if he sells a product to a, plant, to a customer on their planter, if that planter gets sold to someone else could be a potential new customer, but he knows exactly what's on that, that planner that's not with the original customer, and it's all tracked with that Odoo. Exactly right. Um, he also mentioned wanting to have the ability to track product in multiple locations. That was important for him. 
and then a mobility of information. So that was some of the things that he was looking for on that platform that he got. All right, so with that, as I kind of mentioned in the opening, that was the interview with Hans Jensen on inventory management. Please tune in in a couple weeks where we'll have part two of how do you handle inventory. And again, we're going to bring on Rich Schliff from Schliff Precision Ag. And Aaron Enley actually was uh, able to join us in studio. So Aaron Enley from KE Precision out of Illinois is also going to be on to talk a little bit about a product um, or an inventory management system called Inventory Now that he uses that he's pretty fond of. So with that, I hope everybody joins us again in two weeks as we continue the conversation around how you handle inventory. I hope everybody has learned something in an effort to make them smarter every season.